This podcast is developed by Bridge Bio to educate ourselves and the public about living with a rare disease. Since our guests aren't scripted and are free to speak their minds, their views and opinions don't necessarily reflect the views and policy of Bridge Biopharma. Now, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to On Rare, a rare disease podcast produced by BridgeBio, a biotech company that focuses on developing treatments for rare diseases. I'm your host, Mandy Rorig, a member of the patient advocacy team, and I'm joined by my colleague and friend, David Rintel, head of patient advocacy. Hi, David. Hi, Mandy. I'm really looking forward to talking with Effie again. We recorded part one of this podcast at the Global Genes Meeting in San Diego. Greatly looking forward to hearing more from her. She is dynamic, friendly, genuine. She is truly an expert and a leader in the rare disease community. And we look forward to hearing a bit more about her podcast. We're so delighted to have Effie Parks back. Effie is the host of Once Upon a Gene. She is a rare mom and a rare advocate. Effie, you're a pro at this, so I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Oh my gosh, so good to talk to you again. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so honored to be on Bridge Bio on Rare. Uh, My name is Effie Parks. I live in Seattle, Washington with my husband and my two kiddos. I have a seven-year-old son named Ford who was born with a rare neurodevelopmental disorder called CTNNB1 syndrome. Uh, It was a random de novo mutation, so it was nothing uh, any of us had ever imagined or expected, and it was a very traumatic entrance into motherhood. As time went on, after having this sick, sweet little baby, I realized that I had been so isolated, and I was so separated from everyone I knew, and the gaps between my children and theirs were gaping. Um, And I realized that I had to find my people because I love people and I was definitely not feeling connected to anyone anymore. Um, So I did a lot of digging. I spent thousands and millions of hours in the car going to appointments and I would Google everything I could with the words rare disease, disability, and I found the magical world of podcasts. I could consume it at my own pace and it changed my life and I knew I had to be a part of that conversation because everything was so disjointed and I didn't really find my fit. Uh, So I figured out how to make a podcast. I call it Once Upon a Gene, and it's a place where I share my story and I provide a place for other rare disease families, clinicians and researchers and patients to tell theirs so we can all learn from each other and build relationships. Effie, wow. Wow, Effie. You were reading that. So So Effie, during part one, we heard your history of being a small business owner, of having a salon, meeting your husband, producing a wonderful little boy named Ford, learning that he has CTNNB1, and struggling to make connections with people who understood what your life was like. I love hearing the part about listening to the podcast of the two disabled dudes, where you found folks who understood your life and you contacted them and said, you're my new best friends. Uh, Yeah, so I found these amazing dudes, Sean and Kyle. Uh, They both live with Friedrich's ataxia, and I just binged their show. Um, Something I've done since having Ford especially is just walking. You know, I would just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk 
with him. And so I had them in my headphones and when I would do my dishes and I would just listen to them. And then all of a sudden all their episodes were gone. And that's what I messaged them. And, you know, I worked in the salon, like I said. And so I I kind of dropped the idea with a, a few of my friends when I was doing their hair and mentioning that. I think I want to start a podcast. Is that bananas? <laughs> so many of them were like, Effie, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. And then they all sort of offered to help in one way or another. Um, and I have to shout out to my friend, London Dewey. You know, she's actually a graphic designer at Starbucks here. And she makes all the art for my podcast. And she's done that since day one. And she said, I want to do this for you. Uh, um, whenever you start your podcast, it's going to be so important. And then other people were just like, yeah, I'll help you. Hey, you know, I know what microphone to use. You should use this. And everybody just kind of gave me all of these random bits of help. But then ultimately, I literally just Googled, how do I make a podcast? And I was like, okay, I need to record it. Uh, I need some headphones and I need a microphone you can keep it pretty simple and pretty bare bones if you really want to start a podcast, which I did. And that's how I started it. And quite frankly, I've kept it pretty bare bones, believe it or not. Uh I just taught myself how to do it. I just taught myself how to kind of get it out there and distribute it. And thankfully London made me look pretty with all of her designs. So I looked pretty legit coming out of the gate. You may think it's simple, Effie. You have your business, you have a child, uh, living with a rare disease, you have a family, you're already very, very busy. And here it is, you start a podcast pretty much on your own. You had London to back you up and you had the support of your friends and clients, but Googling how to start a podcast, that is, I, I have to say that is really impressive. Thank you. Because we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, totally just going to channel my Oprah energy right now and talk to people like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're very convincing at that. So as of yesterday, you have 206 podcasts on Once Upon a Gene, 206. So totally Amy, now. Amy Brooks, our producer is on with us. Yes. And I'm talking to you now, Amy. Oh, uh, I know where this is going. Effie produces a podcast yep. mm-hmm. every week. I can barely get this done once a month. So God bless you. Oh, geez. <laughs> poor, poor Amy. That does not include the episode that occurs every other week. So if you add those in, you produce then okay, I get them. <laughs> one and a half per week and you've produced 300 podcasts, Effie. So Thank you. Halloween was our four-year anniversary. So wow. happy birthday to Once Upon a Gene. Really, really. So incredible. And all of this, it's a great website. It was started in late 2019, uh, right before the start of the global pandemic. So the other part of this accomplishment is you did this all when everything was so difficult to accomplish. Another real achievement. Thank you. Yeah, it was before there were other podcasts like mine, really, because all of a sudden podcasts became more mainstream and flooded, right? Because everyone was bored and at home starting podcasts. So a bunch of other podcasts similar to mine popped up, you know, a few months later, which was great. It was easier to find people at home available to make podcasts because nobody was leaving. So I guess that was helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, What is your method? What is your secret sauce in doing interviews? Well, I might have mentioned it earlier uh, that it's kind of the wild, wild west. So I'm not like Amy and I'm not super organized and I don't have a bunch of plans. What I ask is what message that they want to 
give to our listeners? Like, what are they trying to teach them? What resource are they leaving them? What message do they want in their heart? So I let the guests sort of decide that before we record. Um, And then obviously I noodle it around all week of what I want to talk about. And I might have a little guide sometimes, especially if I'm talking to someone really smart, like Wendy Chung or something. I also (laughs) just let them talk as in I want to listen to what they have to say. As long as there is an awkward silence after them because if you let them have a pause for a second and you jump right in because that's kind of natural, they'll stop that thought. But if you just let it linger for a little longer, they usually go deeper into a story and then you kind of get the goods, especially if they feel like, oh no, it's quiet, it's silent. They say something else. Um, So I really try to do that with my guests. And I find that that's almost where the magic is in everyone's story is when they have that moment of pause if that answered your question. I'm being careful to leave a pause to see if you want to go deeper. Now. <laughs> good job. Good job. I, I love that. And it reminds me, uh, I think the term is snapshot memory. That's how we store memories is this little snapshot. We sort of report on the way that we talk about this thing that happened, that we've talked about it many times. Totally. Whenever you have one of these, pause and all of a sudden you realize that your memory contains so much more information yeah and you know I just remind people that it's just a conversation Uh, I also don't use video I find that that keeps people a little more relaxed too I just really want people to know that what they're doing is casting out a lifeline somewhere for someone else and I think when people know that they're providing something of value to people who need it somewhere at some point in their life that they really kind of feel empowered yeah And once upon a gene really is targeted towards other parents who have children with rare conditions or long-term serious health conditions as a way of making connections. So you're giving people an opportunity not only to tell their story, but to reach out to other families or someone who's going to benefit from hearing their story, kind of in a similar way that you had that experience listening to the two disabled dudes. Yeah, absolutely. To cast out those lines and to find your people and to figure out a way to maybe use that and to maybe take action from it in some way. Uh, That's kind of what I hope people take from it. You know, even if it is simply just building your community and feeling like you have someone to message at two in the morning, or if you want to start a foundation, like I, I hope that all of these conversations are kind of like a cafeteria where people can just take some and leave mm-hmm. some. I mean, one of the ways I think about it is how isolating it feels to be caring for a child with a condition that nobody you know ever heard of before. And then all of a sudden you tune into the podcast and you find people whose lives are very similar to your own, just living day to day, but also in terms of, well, what are we going to do about this now and advocacy? And how do you learn all of the the details, all of the knowledge really that it takes to um, do your best to advocate for your own child? Thank you. I totally agree. <laughs> I I just really feel like parents can find so much of what they need all the way from support to mm-hmm. that sort of action piece, even if it's passive and it's just for you. Like someone can just come and listen and get what they need and they don't have to be accountable to anyone. Everyone's story, once you you give them enough time and space to tell it, is beautiful and rich. And as you say, a listener can take it or leave it. You can walk out in the middle of a podcast without without embarrassing yourself or hurting anyone's feelings. So Totally. And you know, you can share it with those people on the outside, right? Like all of your community members or your family members who are always wondering how they can help. 
you can just send them a specific episode or, you know, like your pediatrician's office can look in and hear what these families are saying and gain insight from it. It goes so far beyond just the families, Mm -hmm. the parents raising these kids. Like there's so many people in our rings that can get information from this without burdening that caregiver for the answers. I think that's a really important point. And it's some of the feedback that we've received is that people uh, living in the conditions that we are describing have forwarded the podcast to their relatives to say, this is what we're living with now. And the podcast can be really great resources and they're on demand. Exactly. I'm going to ask you what might be a little bit of a tough question, but um, I wonder what some of the moments during the 206 interviews that you've done really come to your mind, like were memorable for you or meaningful or that sort of moved you in some way or... Oh my gosh, I don't even know how I would answer that question. Really, I I feel like I have a connection with almost every person before they're on my show, typically. Like I know them online or uh-huh. I've been following them or I'm obsessed with their story or whatever. I'm usually fangirling people that get to talk to me. I always learn something, which I love, you know, whether it's like a, an actual hack, you know, for like a wheelchair or... <laughs> whether it's just something about their child. Like I love seeing people's day to day and how totally similar it is to mine. Even when you have these moments where you feel alone still, we're all doing the same things. And I find it kind of funny that we're probably having some of the same conversations with our partners at home about the feeding tube. I always also find that people are so excited when it's done. You know, some of them start so nervous and they're like, I don't have anything to add. I don't know why you even asked me to be here. And then when they're done, they're like, wow, that was incredible. And I feel so confident. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that happen. The families, when they share their story and they add value. Yeah, Yeah. you're uh, offering the opportunity to have a real accomplishment. The opportunity to tell your story is It's a blessing. And then when you reflect back on it or hear it back, then you see, oh, my goodness, my story is meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it motivates them. People sometimes ask me, um, you were talking about your preparation, and sometimes they say, well, send me your list of questions. I don't have any list of questions. Mostly, if I had any questions, it would be, well, where does the story begin? And then what happens after that? And what happens after that? And then what do you... What are you looking for in the future? So, Yeah, and it sounds better, right? It's more comfortable to listen to. I feel like when you are just really kind of embracing that natural conversation, that it's easier to listen to. So, Effie, um, in addition to the podcast, you do episodes. The episodes are short. They are often personal. It's like a chance to say, I'm going to talk about this right now. I love them. They are so valuable, interesting, and entertaining. How did the idea emerge to do the episodes? (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So I believe I just put a post in my Instagram story of saying, like, what else do you all want to hear from the podcast that you're that you're not getting or that what do you want to see in the future? It was just a simple thing. And a resounding answer was, we want to know more about you. You know, like you're always interviewing these fabulous, amazing people and that's awesome. And we feel like we know you, but we don't know enough about you. Can you tell us about yourself? And so I was talking with my husband about it one night and he was like, you got to call them episodes just because he's a dad and he always has dumb dad jokes. And I was like, that is brilliant. The episode is happening as soon as possible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I decided to make them super short because obviously there was enough content. 
and I didn't want to just yammer on about myself. Um, and I wanted those quick bites. Those are nice to go to sometimes too, right? As a podcast listener, when you don't have a bunch of time and you're not going to be in the car for a while. So I thought I could explain some, you know, cute or meaningful stories in our life and just publish those every mm-hmm. couple of weeks so people could get to know me a little better. So you mentioned that you were getting some feedback on, on Instagram. And I wonder what what do you hear from your listeners? Oh my gosh. Like I hear them every channel from Facebook to LinkedIn to Instagram to Twitter um, from to my website. People message me from all those angles. Um, for a while, I started saving everyone's beautiful comments because I was like, wow, I should just compile gajillions of beautiful comments and messages from families about how much the, this podcast helped them and put them all in a book someday. I definitely try to respond as much as possible. If I haven't responded to you, just send me another one. You'll go to the top of my box. Um, what's nice about social media is that people's comments are usually very, fairly short. If someone wanted to contact you, they're listening to this now and they wanted to contact you, what's the best way to do it? Honestly, if any of those are easier for you, then they're easy for me. But obviously, you can always email me at hello at onceuponagene.com. Okay, that's good. Hello at onceuponagene.com. So when you think about the future of Once Upon a Gene and of Effie Parks, what are your thoughts? Your podcast is so interesting. Has a, I have no idea how many listeners. She has 30,000 Instagram followers. 30,000 Instagram followers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you could show us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could have done a better job had I understood mm. Instagram. Um, man, I have so many big ideas and aspirations and who knows where the energy of this podcast will take me. Um, but I love attending things in person. I love speaking at events. Uh, as for once upon a gene, I would love to take it on the road and do like live once upon a gene in person storytelling events. Mm -hmm. I think it would be so cool to go to a live event like that somewhere. Maybe it's at a, at a conference, or maybe I just hold them in different spaces. I would also really love to figure out how I can translate some of the episodes into Spanish, Portuguese, French, you know, uh, Cantonese, whatever. I would love to be able to Mm -hmm. send those episodes out to those people who can't access it in English. Yes. uh, Because I have a really large international base, but obviously they all speak English. But what about the other ones? Wouldn't that be so cool? Yes, yeah, so one of my friends and I are toying around with some AI translation into like making it sound like my voice. And I don't know if it'll work or if it'll cost way too much money, but I just think it would be so amazing for those families to get this content because I know that they would find so much value in it and it would resonate yeah. with them. So those are kind of the two things like right at the top of my mind right now that I would really love for Once Upon a Gene. I don't know how you find the time to do it, but I get messages from you, you know, that all of a sudden they're on my phone. Effie Parks says this, and I get them very often. I always look at them because I think what you have to say is always going to be relevant. But how do you, how have you mastered social media so well? And how do you, what is it like to uh, put those messages together in addition to the podcasts and the Effie casts and et cetera? Thank you, first of all, for reading my posts. I really appreciate it. And I I have to laugh because 
it's also the wild, wild west for me. Um, as you can see, if you go to my Instagram, it is so completely me and it is my thoughts and what I'm doing and how my life is going. Whereas if you maybe look at another rare disease mom's podcast, everything matches and everything has like this beautiful aesthetic. Um, so I do whatever I want, when I want, how I want. But to translate to all of the other platforms, I really just copy and paste it because I know some people aren't on every platform. So I just copy it and I go post, 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 post. And I try not to think too hard about it because I think you can kind of get stuck in making everything look perfect. And I think that it's more important to get the message out than to make it look pretty. So I just kind of blast it out there and hope something sticks. And I kind of learned to like, what do people really resonate with more so than not? And think about maybe I should post more about that stuff. But again, it is really like what is happening in this rare mom's world right now? Because that's what's pretty much going up. I like your wild, wild west <laughs> mentality. It's real. You live in the west, so it fits. <laughs> Although Seattle is wild in maybe other ways than the wild west used to be. But uh, the wild, wild west means that you just give it a try, right? Even though you didn't know how to do it before, you give it a go and you learn how to do it as you go. So, And you did really answer my question very well, is how do you come up with them? Is it's what's relevant and what is rising to the top of a rare mom's life? Exactly. That's really wonderful. I'd like to invite you just to say whatever you want about Once Upon a Gene and your Instagram post, how it's listed. Sure. Thank you so much. So you can find my website at onceuponagene.com or effieparks.com, whatever you can remember. All of my social medias are either my name, Effie Parks, or their Once Upon a Gene podcast. So they're pretty easy to find. What I would say about the podcast is I think that you're going to find some companionship and you're going to find support and you're going to find inspiration and you're going to figure out a way to make one thing better. I guarantee you, you're going to make friends. You are going to feel seen. You are going to be so empowered in your life, whether it is talking to the teachers at school to make sure that your kid is getting the services that they need, to maybe making a playground more accessible in your community, to figuring out that you can just message a researcher and talk to them about your child's disorder, or start a foundation, or get involved in policy. Like, whatever speaks to you, I would encourage you to just poke around. You don't have to go in order. You can even search by keywords in, in the podcast app. There are so many things in there that have just so much power in them. And if you want to just even ask me, hey, Effie, where should I start? I usually send everyone to, I believe it's episode 165. It's called The Beginner's Guide to Rare Disease, Anecdotes from Two Rare Parents. It's with Daniel and I. I send that to brand new families. Message me if you have any questions. I am always around and I'm going to respond to you, especially if I see it. So message me a couple of times if I don't. But Once Upon a Gene is a really magical community and it has been infused with all of these wonderful people telling their stories and sharing their insight. And I know that it is going to make something better. And any sort sense of relief, especially for a caregiver like me, is monumental. You have to find your people. It's the most important thing that you do along this journey. And so many of those people are in the pages of Once Upon a Gene. So Effie, um, on Rare, we've 
done many fewer episodes. Uh, we only do them about once a month. And I wonder, what is it that you think we should be doing or doing better or doing more? Or what would you have us do? I, f- I feel like I've listened to... First of all, first of all, I love your guys' titles. If whoever is titling it, you're doing a really good job. I really think that you guys are doing a beautiful job. I can tell that you're not trying to please any particular stakeholder. And you're making content that's relevant to families like mine. And you're opening doors of different types of conversations that I think really make people think, right? It's nice that I can go to a podcast like yours where I would maybe have an imagination of what I think it's about and I don't see an agenda. So I really appreciate that. Um, I think there's a lot of valuable people that are being interviewed that I learn from. So yeah, I guess I would just say Always remember the people that you're serving. Always remember those people. And that's the content that you're making it for. And make sure that you're leaving something for them, whether you're educating them or entertaining them or whatever it is. I would just say always think about these patients and these caregivers and what they need because not only do they need community, but they are smart enough to gain skills from conversations like this to help them go do something with it. And they're so capable. And I, and I want everyone to know that there should be such a robust trust in our communities that we should be trusted as experts. So I, I guess I would just say it's a mindset to, to maintain. Thank you. That, and that makes a ton of sense. To keep in mind who we're serving, and we're serving people who are living with rare diseases, giving them a place to tell their story, to share their experience, and that there's another family or individual out there who's feeling alone or um, feeling like not fully understanding, or family members who don't get it. That's our audience. and Yeah, and I think something, too, people can take from podcasts like ours is that we're such a beautiful network we're most almost always going to know the person to connect you to somehow so feel free to reach out to people like us because we can help you get to that next step through a person usually right so if you're in a hospital room and it's midnight you call Effie (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee you about 50% of us are up late into the night so yes I bet you'll always have someone to message which is why finding your people is so important yes finding your people thank you Effie thank you both so much for taking so much time to talk to me Effie reminded us that the whole point of these podcasts both Once Upon a Gene and On Rare is to connect people to connect communities and connections were made today. Yes. Early in the conversation, David, when you and Effie were talking about how she developed this and like what was her secret sauce and essentially she said it was the wild west, right? She didn't have a script. It made me really think that just like there's no roadmap for parenthood, there's no script for rare disease and there's certainly no script for parents of children with rare diseases that similar to her podcast she linked arms with these communities to create a path and a roadmap i just think it was really beautiful how she's bringing individuals and families together i agree with you mandy i think if we were to summarize the second part of our interview with effie We could just use her words, which is, you have to find your people. She created the podcast to help people find their people, and their people are other parents who have a child with a rare disorder. 
And not only does she help them find each other, but she also gives them the tools to move forward, to help themselves and to help others. She says that they cast out a lifeline to someone else. All of her interviewees are trying to make connections with the potential listeners to their podcast. I really liked how she described the way she does interviews. I imagine she uh, may have done this like she used to have conversations when she cut hair, which is she lets people talk and in fact even waits when they're done to make sure that they don't want to continue before she interrupts. And uh, that's a very good uh, listening technique, not just for podcasts, but for friends, for family, for parents, is to make sure that when you're listening, that you're not cutting off any ideas that the speaker has. So I love that. Mm -hmm. I guess lastly, I would say she felt isolated. She found the Two Disabled Dudes podcast. She felt like she found her people. And then Daniel DeFabio found her. And uh, the rest is history. Once Upon a Gene has become a meeting place for parents with rare conditions. Effie is a wonderful, inspiring leader for this rare disease community. And I think what she said about allowing that silence allows those stories to emerge. I listened to that episode, kind of the how-to manual for parents with a child who's newly diagnosed with a rare disease, which is an interview with Daniel DeFabio. I want to recommend it to anyone in the rare disease community, it just offers so much guidance to people who are feeling lost after the diagnosis. So I strongly recommend episode 165 of Once Upon a Gene. While I'm recommending Two Disabled Dudes podcast, uh, and really, I just think that Effie raises the bar for us and for other podcasters and rare diseases. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Follow uh, Effie Parks on social media, and there you're going to see videos of Effie and her family loving and caring for Ford, and you get to hear his exuberant laughter. It is really sweet. And here it is. <laughs> and I hope it gives you as much joy as it gives us. Thank you so much, David. Thanks to Effie for all of the time that you spent with us, both at Global Genes and for this interview. A very special thanks to our producer, Amy Brooks. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe. And I would really encourage you to check out Once Upon a Gene, where you find your podcasts. If you have any suggestions or comments, please write us at onrare at bridgebio.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us for our next conversation on Rare. Rare.